Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. We are excited. Uh, Pastor Greg, Pastor Brad, we're excited to be with you again this week as we continue on this podcasting journey, which we have enjoyed immensely. And we love looking back at the prior week's sermon. We also are planning some other bells and whistles as we go. So as we get better with this, um, maybe some guests on the program and things like that. But we have enjoyed podcasting. So far, so good. Mm. So far, so good. Sunday sermon. Uh, let me just say this first, uh, Brad. Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. <laughs> So uh, I, I, no one told me after service that they were going to name their child Obed-Edom or some of these newborns around here that they were going to maybe change their name to use that name. But I thought it was a good suggestion. I think it's a good suggestion. We wrote it down. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, there you go. You keep that in mind. That we in thought mind. it was a great suggestion from the stage. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, I try to help. Yeah. You know, being a pastor. A servant's you know, heart. Servant's heart. You try to help. <laughs> Help out as much as you can, right? So, yeah. uh, but uh, the, the the scripture passage, Second Samuel chapter six, verses twelve through twenty three, was the scripture passage, and it started out by saying the Lord has blessed, or that David had found out that the Lord had blessed the house of Obed Edom because the Ark of the Covenant had been stored there. And I just thought, hey, that name Obed Edom, why why not throw it out there? Just uh, <laughs> I looked forward all week to um, trying to deliver that punchline. In the sermon, <laughs> so not not very spiritual thought, but just hey, use that name, use that name, Obed Edom. But anyway, uh, that brings us into the sermon from Sunday, Pastor Brad, where David was indeed at this point he is the king, mm-hmm. uh, the second king of Israel. Saul is gone. David is now the king. It'd been a long journey to get to that point, and David is leading the people as they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem, back to its proper place. And the the Ark, we might talk a little bit, if we have time in the second segment, about the Ark of the Covenant, but it was symbolic of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And um, J- David just rejoiced. He just worshiped and, and was so excited. But his wife, Mikau, did not. Yeah, and uh, she despised David in her heart from what she's seen, and so um, the the starting point of the sermon was don't miss out because of internal issues. Mm-hmm. Internal issues. Obviously, Mikal had something going on in the inside that caused her to miss out on that wonderful day of worshiping and praising God and rejoicing. His presence was being restored to its rightful place. And David, even as the king, took off his royal garments and danced before the Lord with all of his might. But she despised. She was filled with contemptuous thoughts towards her husband when she looked out of the window and saw what was happening. But how many times do we miss out on things because of internal issues? Mm -hmm. One example was a silly example I used of riding a ride at an amusement park. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, Brad, but maybe for the entire day you said, I'm not getting on that. Yeah. Maybe because of fear, maybe because of whatever, some internal reason. And then finally ride the ride towards the end of the day and be like, oh, man, I wish yep. that I had ridden that ride earlier in the day and I could have enjoyed it more. 
Um, that was a silly example, but more serious examples that I thought about was how many family members have skipped out on reunions mm-hmm. or Christmas holiday or family gatherings because on the inside they're dealing with internal issues and so they just separate themselves yeah and they and, and don't show up take yourself out of the equation take yourself out of the equation and there is an expression I'm, I'm not trying to be like flippant or mm-hmm. make minimize anything that somebody's upset about or dealing with mm-hmm. but sometimes we are really only here's the expression only hurting ourselves yeah uh, you've heard that said you're only hurting yourself and I think sometimes we do only hurt ourselves when we allow ourselves to pout for too long or be angry for too long mm-hmm. or to hold on to unforgiveness and we miss out on those internal issues and to bring it back to the scripture today, uh, we were talking, Brad, as we were preparing for today's show, and um, we were talking about Mikal mm-hmm. and her internal issues, and I think that it ran very deep. Share with me, please, what, what you were sharing earlier about the influence from her father, King Saul. Yeah, I think one of her internal issues, when, when you were preaching, uh, it just came back to this memory of reading the book, David the Great, and the author kind of goes through how she could never really break that bond with her father to, to move on to her husband, David. Mm. Um, verse 20, mm. I think, picks it up perfectly. It says, But when David returned to bless his own household, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, and I think right there where mm. it addresses her mm. as the daughter of Saul oh, when wow. she's yeah. married to David, right? Yeah. But yes. it shows like, her own internal issues of being fully committed to David. More of her identity yeah. is still as being Saul's daughter. It, that internal issue held her wow. back from ever stepping right. into the mm-hmm. that role of like marriage, but even like the queen, like being part yeah. of that, yeah. that that whole thing right there. But then her brother Jonathan, I think it's so funny. You look at best friend of David, yes. but his son of Saul, yeah. uh, so close that he strips. Just like you were talking about with David, down to like just pretty much the humility side of where he, did. he didn't get indecent, but it was right. down to like his status. His status, yeah. It was symbolic of his status. And he gave it to David. And he gave it to David yes. and even gave David a sword, really saying, like, my life is in your hands. Yeah. And then where do we find Jonathan at the end of his life is on the battlefield beside his father. With his father, David. Showing he'd, yeah. he'd give his life for both men. He gave, he gave it all to both. Mm hmm. Man, wow. I mean, that could be a whole podcast in itself, Brad, to think about. It is possible to to be friends, to be loyal, to be godly to everybody. Yeah. And Jonathan was in a tough spot right there. Mm-hmm. But yet he was loyal to, to David and to Saul. Mm-hmm. Gave his very life with his dad, died on the battlefield near his father. But also, as you just said, he stripped everything off and, and, and said, my loyalty is to David because I've yeah. seen what that God has anointed David. Isn't it ironic? Jonathan had much more to lose yeah. than Mikal. Because mm-hmm. Jonathan would have been the king. Yeah. And Jonathan accepted that God had chosen David. She almost had everything to gain. She had everything to whereas gain. Whereas he had everything to lose. Right. Because if, if Saul had stayed in power and then Jonathan had become king, she would have just been the sister to the king. Mm-hmm. But now... David, her being married to David, she becomes the wife to the king. Yeah. But those internal issues, back to the phrase of the day, uh, uh, 
internal issues she could not get past. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't get past the influence of her father. And her father was insecure. And that insecurity also fed into pride. And he mm-hmm. was prideful. And and I believe, unfortunately, she followed those traits. Because mm-hmm. my question, Brad, is, you know, back to this story. We've kind of gone back in time a little bit yeah. there. But that, that's just such great stuff, though. Back to this story. Why was she not with David? His, uh, to begin with. Yeah. He was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. One of the greatest days of his life and one of the greatest days of her country's life, so to speak. And she's in a room somewhere, in a house somewhere, peeking out through the blinds. Yeah. I don't know. You know, peeking down, the Bible says, looking out of the window. Why was she not with them? And I know we're going to have to take a break quickly, but why was she not with them? Yeah, she missed out on that joyful moment right. of worship that he was right. he was worshiping before God. Mm-hmm. He He's in the presence of God, just like you were saying, the sim- right. symbolism of God's presence. He's right there. Yeah. And she's looking from a window. She's looking from a window. She's missing out on She's it. not even there with her husband. Mm. That speaks to, again, her loyalty and her relationship with him. But those internal issues, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got like 30 seconds to break, Brad. But, you know, practically speaking, I think that will preach or that dog will hunt. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to us as church people, sometimes I want to look at folks and say, well, well, where have you been? Yeah. Why? And I'm sounding mean right now. Where have you been? Say, <laughs> say it nicer. But sometimes you want to say, <laughs> like, well, you haven't been at church. You haven't been part of the fellowship. You mm-hmm. haven't been attending worship. You haven't been at the... And so sometimes we separate ourselves to our own detriment, yeah. right? We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, man, we're just skimming the surface. We'll be right back after this break bad preaching podcast hi this is josie we hope you are enjoying this episode of the bad preaching podcast please join pastor brad and pastor greg each week and enjoy the discussion find our weekly sermons on facebook or youtube just search nortonsville church of god or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com well welcome back to the bad preaching podcast pastor brad pastor greg and um we were talking about how much we just thoroughly enjoyed discussing that first part of the sermon mm. in the first segment, but we're going to move on to a different topic from the same sermon. We looked at worship in a, I guess, a spiritual and a practical way within the service. And the sermon talked about our perception, our preferences, and our pride can be three ways that can hinder our genuine, sincere worship to God. And I know there's a lot we can talk about right here, but Pastor Brad, you had a class at Lee Mm -hmm. that um, was called Ministry of Worship. Yep. So uh, share some some nuggets from that. Yeah. So that was an awesome class. And we actually even talked about this passage at one point, just talking about our worship and getting right into our sermon and what we took from the sermon of our perception, right? Like, Sometimes we allow our own perception of we wonder how are other people going to perceive what I'm doing and it can hinder us from what we're worshiping or Mm. sometimes we perceive what's going on and we allow it to hinder us from worshiping. And uh, there's actually a little lesson I learned from my dad and it was actually when I was, I wasn't even worshiping, it was in football, but something he used to translate to the rest of my life. You mean you weren't worshiping on the football field? No, I was just trying, I was just trying not to get hurt, honestly. (laughs) 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 Uh, I, 
I messed up really bad, and I, I had this really bad play, uh-huh. and I it, to the point where I, I took myself out. I checked out. I just I was out. I was on the sideline the rest of the game, and uh-huh. it wasn't my coach that pulled me out. I pulled myself out. Wow. And I sat there, and, and Dad talked to me afterwards, and he goes, "Hey, where where, where were you on, in that game?" And I said, "I was on the sideline." And he goes, "Coach put you there?" And I said, "No, I didn't." And he goes, "Well, you know, each game of football is lasts about seven. Like every play is about seven seconds long. That's the mm-hmm. average." He said. Uh-huh. But it's like an hour game. And so you, because of what happened in seven seconds, you allowed to miss out on something you mm. love for an wow. hour. Wow. And wow. that's something that stuck out with me. Great illustration. For like the really? everything else. Because dad even taught, he's like, if you do that in life, you're going to miss out on a lot of special mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. A lot of the different things that God's trying to do in your life. But you're going to miss out because of a sec- seven second play. Yeah. And I think same thing can happen in ministry and in worship. And in our worship. It's possible to come in on a Sunday morning to genuinely worship and let one brief encounter or mm. one brief moment of whatever, and then then are we going to not worship? Maybe that's upset us or aggravated us or yeah. annoyed us or distracted us or any any negative thing, whatever. Get in our own head. Um, just distraction even. Yeah. You know, not necessarily something terribly wrong. Are we going to allow those things, just those brief moments to hinder our worship for the entire hour, hour and a half mm. of service. Wow. Yeah. Because even, even like the genres and different and different things like that in worship, uh, that's one of the things we talked about in class of from pastoral side. Uh, this class was really to help us look at how we set up and mm-hmm. order of service and just right. flow in service. How do we how do we go about setting this up? How do we choose what genres we're going to do? How do we choose the order that we pray, that we preach, that we do offering, all these different things that really go into our worship. Uh, but we even talked about from our standpoint, whether I'm in the congregation or if I'm leading, if, if it's not what maybe my cup of tea of music, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not my genre that I get into. Am I still going to like myself go into a spot of worship to actually give God what he deserves? Or mm-hmm. do I withhold yeah. myself right. from being in this moment? Just like right. we see with David. Right. To give God yeah. what he deserves. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'm talking to myself here. If if I come every week with that mindset, that should really help my worship be genuine and sincere and consistent. Yeah. Give God what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Not my preference, not my perception. None of those things should matter. Give God what he deserves. Yeah. I read a blog. It was ironic that I read it um, Sunday morning, actually, before I came over to preach, and it had just been put out. But that person was talking about maybe not preferring all certain styles or all certain songs, uh, but the writer said, I can meditate before God and worship God even during those times. What a great thought mm. to think, okay, I'm, I'm coming to service, and if everything isn't, what did you say, my cup of tea? Yeah. If everything isn't my cup of tea, but I can, st- as long as it's biblical, mm. you know, if, if, we're, if we're going to service somewhere and things are not biblical, that's, yeah, a, that's, whole, different. that's a whole different ball yeah. game. That's a whole different ball of wax. But if it's biblical, but it's just not my cup of tea, mm. why can't I bow my head, close my eyes, and meditate? before the Lord and worship. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, it's it's really our duty to, to give God his due, as mm-hmm. you've said, 
But also, I mean, think about this. Scripture says God inhabits, he dwells in, he lives in the praises of his people. Mm -hmm. Could it be possible that if I'm standing in service and I'm distracted or I'm not really liking what's going on, so I'm not offering worship, am I in some way possibly hindering the presence of God Mm -hmm. from from its fullness, his fullness in our service? Like... let me say it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, my my praise, your praise, the worship, my worship, your worship, combine that throughout the entirety of the congregation. If all of us are in a mindset of genuine worship, does that not create a great atmosphere for the presence of God? Yeah. So I don't want to hinder that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to be part of his presence. I want to be part of, just like David in this story was part of ushering are bringing back God's presence through the Ark of the Covenant to its rightful place. And David worshiped so much so that he put all pride to the side. You said something just a couple minutes ago about sometimes we worry about our worship because we're afraid of how others will perceive it. And David did not worry about that at all Mm. that day. He, He stripped off all of his regality. He took off his royal robes every symbol of power and prestige and wealth. He took it all off down to just his linen garments. Yeah. And uh, he certainly was decent and modest. She accused him, I think when you read in certain ways and certain translations, you know, she's saying you dance naked before everyone. Well, he wasn't immodest. He wasn't naked. The Bible clearly says that he had on his linen underclothes and garments. What she was really meaning and worried about, she being Mikau, he took off all of the prestige. Yeah. And that's what she was obviously concerned about, mm-hmm. which shows where her heart, unfortunately, was. Yep. And that speaks to the to pride. So we can't let perception hinder our worship, preferences hinder our worship, or pride hinder our worship. Those were the three points, the practical slash spiritual points that were made in the middle of the sermon. Yeah. What? Any other nuggets from that class you took of ministry of, of worship? Well, kind of goes along with that of just the, I don't know, it kind of ties it, ties it all together is you get caught looking on the outside, looking in, you Ooh, know, yeah. instead of actually yeah. being in that presence. That's good. Uh, just, Why would we want to be spectators? Yeah. When you, and I think sometimes, I think sometimes we even have that question to ourselves mm-hmm. in life where it's like, why does it feel like I, I don't know where God is right now in my life? Like all this is going on. I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves too, just that those three questions right there that you just asked, right? Like, mm-hmm. am I am I actually allowing God to dwell in me in my worship? Am I giving Him that time, or am I, have I separated myself and I'm over in this window looking down and and worried about the pride or how the preferences or perception? Like, am I stuck in that, or am I actually? humbling myself before God, just like David was, my humbling myself before right, God and right. giving him this time and this altar and saying, Lord, have your way in this place. Yes, yes. And remembering that it's his day, his house, we are his people and we have come to offer his praise mm-hmm. and his gratitude, you know, our gratitude that belongs to him, our praise that belongs to him. Uh, these are good conversations. You know, it reminds me, even as as pastor, I'm not coming over. This is not a, a show mm-hmm. or a program. 
uh, or just a, a sequence of events or a service order to follow and check off. Like when we come to the house of the Lord, we are coming to bring worship to our God, yeah, our, our creator God. And I know we're almost out of time, but um, I have enjoyed discussing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to think topics. about. It's a lot to think about. And yeah. we didn't even get into the Ark of the Covenant and the three items that were inside and how they were representative of the great things that God's presence will do mm. for us. But um, enjoyed this Bad Preaching Podcast episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. Join us next week on the Bad Preaching <laughs> Podcast.